0: Welcome to Drop Everything Podcast number 32. I'm your host, Dan Holzman, and what a pleasure to have you listening in on this wonderful conversation I had with Bob and Trish Evans. You probably know them from many of their videos where they do trick shots and acrobatics. Uh, Great talk about their world travels, their relationships, their plans for the future, and a lot more. But before we get to that, let's thank our sponsors, starting with number one, always number one in my heart, the IJA, International Jugglers Association. This is an organization that does so much good for jugglers, and you can join at juggle.org and find out about their yearly festival, this year taking place in El Paso, Texas, where I'll be there as one of the special guests to MC the public show. Now, the podcast is always brought to you by my personal coaching website called braindrizzles.com. Many people reach out to me for help with their careers or the content of their shows, try to get funnier, try to get wittier, try to bring more humor to their presentations. So call me for a free consultation at braindrizzles.com. Okay, enough preamble. Let's get to that great conversation with Bob and Trish Evans. So get ready, drop everything. Here comes the podcast. Welcome to Drop Everything podcast number 32 a couple of globe-trotting jugglers, Bob and Trish Evans. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, thanks, Dan. Big fan of the podcast.
0: Oh, good, good. I think uh, I don't hear that very often, so it's always nice to hear.
2: No, it's a good, great to listen to all, uh, while you're training. I listen, yeah, I've listened to probably over half of them, I think.
0: Oh, good. I've listened to over half myself. <laughs> that's good, that's good. <laughs> this one, no, I don't think so. I, I heard it when I was doing it, and that's enough. Well, the last one was Josh Horton. I think your you guys were your names were brought up actually.
2: Yeah, yeah, I did hear that. Yep, he gave us a little shout out. I think yeah, he, uh, said
0: he was regretful that when you guys did that trick video of the basketball shots, mm-hmm. that he didn't immediately pick up on like, oh, this is cool. I should really pick up on this and run with it. Yeah,
2: he should have. The world needs more uh, trick shot jugglers. Yeah. Well,
0: it needs more athletic jugglers. I think that's yeah. the thing. Is you guys both come from a very athletic background. Like before you guys got into juggling, would you consider yourself athletes?
1: Yeah, definitely. We did a lot of different sports growing up and then in college specialized. I was a cross-country runner and skier.
2: And I played uh, basketball, very obsessed with basketball from about the age of three to 22.
0: And when you were kids, did you ever like notice juggling around you or is that something that was part of your upbringing at all?
1: My dad taught me how to juggle when I was like in fourth grade, but then I kind of learned it and dropped it, never tried it again until I met Bob.
2: Yeah. And I, I had never, I think I tried juggling, but I would try like the three ball shower with three basketballs and could never really get it. I saw the passing zone actually, when I was maybe 20 years old, they came up to our college, Michigan Tech. This is before I knew Trish. And they did a show, and I really liked it, but it, it really didn't give me the uh, the itch to go out and learn to juggle. It was a couple of years after that that I learned.
0: And they were probably like in their early sixties then.
2: <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I think Owen could still kick our butts.
0: Yes, I'm sure he could actually. He yeah. actually looks like the professional fighter Luke Rockhold. For any of my MMA, take your word for that. There. Right. <laughs> well, if you look at if you Google Luke Rockhold and you compare him to Owen Owen uh, Morse Right. See, so he has a doppelganger in the martial arts world. So how did you actually learn to juggle Bob? So you were taught by your dad. What age did you learn, uh, Bob?
2: That was Trish. She learned in... Oh, I'm sorry, Trish. No,
1: you're right. You're right. I learned from my dad. And what age did you learn, Bob? Oh,
2: I learned when I was probably 22. Uh, I played basketball in college. And right after I, I finished my basketball career, one of my teammates who also just finished his career, learned how to juggle. He came to me. He thought I'd love it. I did. I learned the three-ball cascade in a day and then pretty much have been hooked ever since that first day.
0: And did you at that time sort of search out juggling on the Internet? Was this...
2: Uh, We were up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, so there was no jugglers around, and it it was... Yeah, YouTube was around, and I do remember getting into... Like Jason Garfield, pretty similar to Josh Horton when he was, he saw, uh, I forget what the name of the guy who juggled to the Beatles song.
0: Oh, that's Jason Garfield, Chris Bliss.
2: Yeah, Chris Bliss video was around when I was learning, and then the Jason Garfield videos. But I never imagined getting anywhere near as good as what I saw Jason Garfield doing at that time.
0: So when he learned it, there was no idea of it actually becoming something to the level it's become today for you guys. It was just more...
2: no, it was, it was one of many things. Um, yeah. Trish, Trish finished her collegiate athletic career around the same time I did. And we both had a lot of free time. We took up ballroom dancing. We joined the water polo club. We went to the rock
1: climbing gym, the rock
2: climbing gym, hula hooping. Did... It, it yeah. was so many things and juggling stuck. We still do some ballroom dancing in our shows.
1: And I grew up a gymnast. So after a couple years of juggling, well, as soon as you start doing one circus act, I think you just naturally accumulate circus skills. Right. But after the unicycling, we started dabbling in the acro yoga, and that came really naturally for me. And it was one of my favorite things, or still is one of my favorite things to practice and have in our show.
0: Mm-hmm. And you two met when you were both at the, going to the same college. Yeah. Yep,
2: Michigan Tech University.
0: And so this you are you're my first couple I've had on the on the podcast we certainly had you know some juggling partners yeah we had uh, passing zone and we had uh, team rootberry all right so when you met did you try to use these uh juggling skills to woo her was that something that oh, okay. yeah. no. we uh we
1: learned to do it after we met okay so as we were engaged we actually learned it was kind of like bob learned and then he's like hey hey look what i can do or look what i learned and and it's like, oh, I can do that. And I could juggle three. But then our first kind of challenge together was when we were engaged, we tried five ball ultimates or zigzag or yeah, we, we
2: whatever Googled, you want to call it. I think we Googled partner juggling and we found some instructions, all text. And it was for a five ball one count pattern. Mm. And so that was our gateway. Yeah. Into juggling. Was that Craig Green? Yeah. Craig Green. He's a great, great guy. Not a well-known performer, but a, an excellent juggling teacher. He's definitely worth a Google. And his
1: written instructions were very relationship based where it's like all about right. communication and giving and receiving and constructive criticism. And we took it upon ourselves as kind of a premarital counseling challenge to learn to do this pattern. And then we ended up doing the two-headed monster or whatever. I don't know. That's what we call it, but I don't yeah, know. Side by side. Side by side.
2: And we use that
1: to as our representation of unity in our wedding. Instead of lighting candles, we had each of our dads throw us a ball. and The pastor had a ball and threw it to us. And we did that juggling.
0: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Right in our wedding.
0: You sound like you were pretty compatible because when you met, you were both reading the same book. Is that, is that correct?
2: We were, yeah. We were both involved with a fellowship of Christian athletes. It was a kind of a Bible study group for athletes on campus. And um, I think I was the president. Trish was like the vice president or head was, of social was, activities. Yeah, I was
1: a social activity person.
2: Our first get-together, I wouldn't call it a date, was just a hike in the woods. And we were planning on talking about the uh, upcoming semester for this Bible study. And uh, we ended up hiking for, I think, four hours. And it turned out we had just read the same book. And the book was called I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And it was a book that was kind of about courtship and dating intentionally, not just kind of for the game of it. Right. That was, kind of was the foundation of our dating relationship.
1: Right. We've kind of focused on the idea that we were dating to see if we'd want to get married and treating each other as if we like as if we were
2: not just dating for sport
1: right like we were dating or communicating experiencing things with possibly somebody else's spouse like we didn't know if we were going to be meant for each other but we were going to respect each other so that we didn't become another story that we had to like share with our future spouse for the purpose of we thought we were compatible we wanted to see if if we could be partners for life and you know it worked
2: out
0: it worked for us yeah (laughs) Well, like that word courtship, that's a very nice word. Yeah, it's old school, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you were dating, but it was more than dating. It was to see if you're compatible, not just, oh, let's just fill this time right, with what you said, like a sport or like a, a conquest.
1: Right, we had kind of had enough of the fill this time kind of relationships and wanted something different. And I think that's why it was so dramatically different from relationships we'd had, or like just the traditional relationship And I remember we wrote a letter to our parents together asking for their involvement in our relationship, telling them what our (laughs) intentions were. And they took that as any parent of normal teenagers would. And my mom (laughs) called me in the middle of class asking if I was pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Not the case, but (laughs) I like your confidence. Well, I, I hope I'm not
0: sharing too much, but you have it on your website. It says that you even saved your kiss for your wedding kiss.
2: We did, we did. Yeah, it's not a story you hear too often and it's not uh, not necessarily something we would prescribe to no. other uh, people in our shoes, but it like I said it worked for us. Yeah, it was and, just
1: something it was something we talked about right away and something we I mean, obviously it wasn't easy, but something we stuck with.
0: Mhm. So, well, I think it's a good story to tell though. It just shows the the different ways people have to approach things. Right. Right. And I think it's a very sort of interesting healthy choice and kind of a Certainly a very committed choice, not an easy one, like you guys are saying. But it certainly made that first kiss very special.
1: It was very special.
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: <laughs> I like the pictures we have of it because it was like a kind of a, everything disappears and then there's whooping and you <laughs> kind of have to pry apart and you're yeah. laughing and blushing and realizing everybody else is still in the room. And...
0: Right. See, in the movie moment, that's where the music would swell in. Right? Yeah. They'd zoom in on the, just the two of you, like in your own <laughs> private world.
1: And the credits are all like, I like to think that the credits, the opening credits are rolling on that moment and the rest has been the movie.
0: Right, right. Well, speaking of that, I mean, your lives have really been like a movie, but you guys didn't start out performing together. You you had some other performing partners first, Bob.
2: Yeah, so right when I learned, uh, I was just kind of hacking away at three balls, doing two in one hand, columns, things like that. And one of my friends had a brother who was in seventh grade at the time, and he could juggle five balls. So I really wanted to meet this kid. So I was a senior in college; he's a seventh grader. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first uh, juggling pet, yeah, my first juggling partner, and he was ten times better than me at the time. And I remember a big moment for me was I asked him, how often do you practice? Because I was maybe practicing like five minutes a day or just every other day. And he's like, oh, definitely every day. I practice every day. And that kind of really sunk in for me. And I think since he said that, I haven't missed too many days of practice.
1: No.
0: Now, do you feel like your early sports history helps you to be a more committed and, and uh, diligent juggler?
2: I think so, Yeah. You hear stories about Anthony Gatto and even Josh Horton a little bit talking about how their their bodies are kind of breaking down just from all the juggling. When I hear those stories, I appreciate that for like the first 20 years of my life, I wasn't juggling, but I was doing all kinds of sports and hand-eye coordination things that definitely helped me progress as a juggler when I did start.
0: Well, I think it's important to, to approach it as a sport. I mean, it is a physical activity, but mm-hmm. it's kind of a a lightweight one where you can kind of do a workout and not really feel it necessarily.
2: Yeah. Lightweight physically and, and mentally. I I know Trish and I both kind of got burnt out from just how serious sports can be taken with basketball and running and, and with juggling, like you can still approach it with that athletic intensity. But at the end of the day, it's just like you're saying, just kind of light and silly and it's hard to get too upset over, over juggling,
0: which is nice. But the same thing is there's lots of repetition. So this Mm -hmm. idea of bending over to pick things up or the way you have to hold your body or the way you have to hold your shoulders or you're doing thousands and thousands of repetitions of these throws.
1: Right. And I know when we first started, when I first started juggling in earnest and practicing daily, I didn't start out when Bob and I first learned to juggle. I wasn't doing the daily practices like he was. But When I did start doing it, we took a very athletic approach and would count reps and then we would weight balls so that we'd have lightweight reps and then heavyweight reps and trying to build our physical part. And I know with all of our tricks, we get roadblocked most often by strength things like we slowly build our skill and and coordination so that we're kind of always on this growth, but we'll hit these roadblocks where we physically need to be stronger in a certain area in order to proceed. And that's when we're like, okay, let's do more, something else. We find some other skill that we need to add to our daily practice that will help us to get this one acro move or this new juggling move. And it's fun in that way where you can have these you add other things and we've yeah. gotten into CrossFit recently and that's been really, good. really really good for our acrobatic juggling stuff.
0: Well, that's the thing a lot of jugglers could learn is that they want to improve simply by improving your physical condition. Mm-hmm. A lot of jugglers right. like, well, how can I improve my pirouettes? It's like, well, if you drop an extra 20 pounds, you're carrying. You <laughs> <laughs> <Right, laughs> right. actually improved your oh. leg strength. <laughs> you, know, you actually had some upper body strength other than in just your forearms and your wrists, perhaps.
2: Yeah, no, that's very true. I think Super. we spend a lot of time in the gym with the juggling and the acrobatics that I do. It's a lot of pushing. So it's like lying, lying on your back and juggling, which works like the chest and the front of the shoulders and pushing Trish up, which works the chest. So when I go to the gym, I'm not working my chest or my the front of my shoulders. I'm doing a lot of work on the back and the back of the shoulders to try to kind of offset all the damage or the right. building I'm doing from the juggling and the repetition.
0: Now, you guys have also led a lot of community juggling classes because uh, I hope I don't get this wrong as far as the order, but after you got married, you then moved to Arizona. Is yeah, that- that's right. Yep. And you became like there was a teacher. One of you became a teacher or
1: we're both, teachers. both um, teachers. I'm a high school math teacher and Bob teaches P.E.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah. So we're kind of like Matt Hall in that respect. Our uh, like 99 percent of our income comes from teaching and the performing is kind of on the side.
0: I think that's another good lesson for jugglers to learn is that, you know, having a regular job to give yourself stability, especially mm-hmm. a job as a teacher that still gives you a lot of flexibility in the, the weekends and the summers, right? that you could have a, a professional juggling career, it doesn't have to be all-encompassing, right? you can mm-hmm. be compartmentalized.
1: We enjoy the performing part where we never feel like we have to do a show. And we get lots. We get to do lots of shows, and we get to do lots of performing, and we feel blessed to be able to do all that and share what we love to do with other people. But we, at the end of the day, we never feel like it's our obligation or that in order to survive or eat we need to juggle. So it's always kind of feels like a hobby and feels very fun.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's things people don't think about, things like like medical insurance,
1: right, right, right. The
0: stability of having medical insurance and things paid for, and but then able to like pursue this juggling as a sort of a wonderful side identity.
1: And I think we'd be lying to ourselves if we said that it's always easy to balance wanting to to do all our projects and be teachers. Like it does get stressful sometimes having a full-time job. And we've talked about one of us going part-time or how we might change this in the future. But for now, it's working out for us.
0: Mm -hmm. So in Arizona, you started these uh, community juggling class and I said you had people from Six to eighty.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we had, uh, yeah, an eighty-year-old guy. He had two artificial knees, two artificial hips, and he just had always w- wanted to learn to juggle, kind of a bucket list thing.
1: And it took him like six weeks.
2: Yeah, he did six he weeks, it. and we had we had a table set up to catch their drops because they they did not want right, to right. bend over and pick them up. But um, yeah, it's very uh, rewarding teaching someone like that.
1: And then the six-year-old, it took him a little longer as well, but mm-hmm. I think they, it was good for everybody working together in that way where you had, and we did a show for a retirement home at the end of the each six week session. So like a free show. Mm. And it was really fun having the kids working together with some of the older people and Mm -hmm. everybody's working on something that they want to contribute to the show. And they're seeing like older people learning new things and struggling in the same way that they are. And I think that was some, a cool experience for right.
2: a kid. I think it was funny with the 80-year-old guy. He, he came to our, our show. He juggled maybe for 10, 12 throws. And then we didn't see him after that. He just kind of <laughs> checked it off his bucket list. Yep. And he was, he was out.
0: <laughs> but I think God. that's for a lot of people. I think juggling is that thing. Like, okay, I've learned to juggle.
1: Yeah. Now what, right? Now, Moving now, on. I mean, <laughs>
0: right. And I've, sometimes people come up to me like, oh, I wish I could juggle. I go like, you don't have to juggle. It's not like a necessary skill. No, no. Right. <laughs> or, yeah, just learn to juggle like the three balls and you go, okay, I- I've checked it off my list. It's something I-, I had a. and speaking of lists, one thing you guys have a lot of, it seems like, are <laughs> our goals and lists and Yeah,
2: Yeah. We we've are- got several whiteboards in our yes. house and we put some of our goals online. Big and- vision boards. Yeah, we like that stuff.
1: It's proven true for us. I mean, we make a vision board and stuff stuff happens yeah you know you make lists things happen
0: dreaming to doing yeah yeah people dream not enough people do right
2: right that's a big step but like zero to one is a is a huge step and that's the most important one but yeah we've had our first big dreaming to doing was probably the the U.S. road trip that we did Mm. when we were dating in college we had always dreamed about just hitting the open road and exploring the country and so we got those jobs in arizona we worked for three years saved up some money and then we just said on september 1st we're we're hitting the road ready or not and we did uh nine months yep on the road and that's i think that's the first time we met you out in california we would we would look up jugglers where we were going went to a lot of juggling clubs and yeah it was a good good nine months
0: yeah i remember meeting you guys in san francisco i wasn't quite sure what you were doing there but that, that clears up that mystery we went out to a uh a, yep. a vegetarian restaurant i remember Yeah, it was
2: great to meet you. Wonderful.
0: That was always supposed to be nine months. Was that kind of a...
1: It was a set thing, yeah. It was kind of like after two years of teaching, we want to do this, but we're never going to feel ready. Kind of like wanting to have a kid. So we set the date and then we spent that year kind of getting ready, making money, figuring out what kind of vehicle we wanted to do. And then we're like, okay, we're going to travel from September 1st and then we're going to be in Wisconsin for the summer. Like that was the plan. Mm-hmm. And we tried to do the east coast for the fall and the south in the winter, spring on the west coast. We'd already hit a lot of the states in the middle, but we were going to kind of zigzag in and out on our way and follow the good weather and be home in Wisconsin for the summer. And we literally rolled back into town in the start of summer. Like, our car broke down a couple days before we finished the trip. It had made it almost the whole way. <laughs> hmm
0: and what surprised you about this trip? Did you see any cities or any areas you thought, oh, Lincoln, Nebraska? Who knew? What stood out? <laughs>
1: oh, I'd lots of cities.
2: Arkansas was one of those where it was like, nothing's in Arkansas, right? But there was a, a few towns in Arkansas. South Dakota was a pleasant surprise. Oh,
1: South Dakota had my favorite. We climbed a lot of the highest peaks or when we could. And South Dakota was my favorite highest peak of the United States. And Utah had a lot of yeah, Utah's great. really great little towns and cities in there. And I think that what surprised me the most was how much I enjoyed staying with other people. We couch surfed the whole way and we weren't sure whether we were going to do, we brought our camping stuff, whether we were going to do mostly camping or whether we we're going to try and do this couch surfing thing. And we went back and forth and finally decided on the couch surfing. And in the first couple of weeks, it was hard, but we got into it and we stayed with 101 different people, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. We kept journals, <clears> and <throat> I can't remember three quarters of them right now. But read, someday all I all want to down. read that journal. Yeah, it's all written down.
0: <laughs> Any jugglers on that list? Lots of jugglers. Yeah, give us some uh, names. Drop some names on us.
2: Well, we went to the Unicycle Festival in Brooklyn, and that was that was great. We met a lot of the New York jugglers. What Michael did we stay with in New York?
1: the circus?
2: Oh, that was yeah. The, what's the big circus out in New York, Dan? They you got the Circus. Uh, no. Not big. Yeah, that is the big one. The another one. It's um. Shoot.
0: It's a couple that. But... Oh, the Bindlestiff family circus. Yes, we yeah. stayed with the Bindlestiffs. Yeah. yeah oh, that's
2: fun. Them. The we Nashville, have... the Nashville crew is fun. There's a good group of jugglers there.
1: And the Asheville.
2: And Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, they, we we hit the Asheville, North Carolina Juggling Festival. That was a great one.
1: Yeah, it was awesome.
0: Um, so nice. So what? What a dream to travel around. And so you, you met up with these different jugglers. Did you do any performing, or, or how, what was your juggling like for you guys uh, on the trip?
2: We did a few shows. I think that's when we were really into juggling. So we were on the road for nine months, and I think in those nine months, we did about 42 um, 5K or 10K races, and we, were, we would run and juggle, or, or joggle, as they say.
0: Now, joggling is is a subject that has not come up
2: <laughs> All right.
0: on the Drop Everything podcast. It, it's not one I have. Maybe uh, we've talked a lot about combat. Yep. Now, now joggling is something I've actually tried myself and do enjoy. Mm-hmm. What What are some of your juggling accomplishments? I mean, what's your? Do you juggle for speed or for uh, time, Ooh. or what? What are? We, what's uh... your, what do you juggle for? <laughs>
2: The, the, the origin story for juggling is kind of fun. We were teaching at the the school in Arizona and they had a fundraiser 5k and we were both running at the time and we were both juggling. So we said, let's, have you heard of this juggling? Let's go try to joggle this, uh, this fundraiser race this weekend. So we went out and and joggled the race. Trish won first place for females in a very dramatic finish. And I won first place for males. So that was kind of the start of the juggling adventures. Right.
1: And we kind of like made us stop and think like, hey, we just won a race and yeah. we were the only ones juggling. Let's look at like
2: the world record
1: race. Like are there <laughs> records? And we looked them up and I had ended up beating the current world record when yeah. I did that first race. And so we thought that we'd
2: pursue that. Yeah. And I was a couple of minutes short and decided to go for the the Guinness record for the 5K
0: so, what is the record? You have the record for the the five k joggle.
1: Yeah, well, we broke the five and ten k eventually in this nine months.
0: For men's and women's.
1: The men's and women's, and then now currently, I only hold the ten because the five was recently broken by a girl.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: awesome, because it previously there wasn't a whole lot of girls trying to do this.
2: Yeah, there have been a few. Yeah, new so, female jogglers out there now. I think
1: that's awesome. Yeah, and I think your five k still holds.
2: I believe so. Yeah, my record for the five k is sixteen minutes and thirty four seconds, and uh, and for the ten k as well.
0: But you guys have gone past joggling. You guys have actually joggled triathlons.
1: We have. How, we
0: have. how, do, you, how do you start? To, is that another dreaming to doing?
1: Yes, definitely. We found a triathlon, or we decided that we wanted to do this before we had any of the skills, and found a cause and a race that we could participate in and got everything set up and then just started training.
0: (laughs) So I guess the main skills are the the juggling on the bicycle.
1: We used a unicycle. Oh. We used 36 inch wheels for the biking part so that we could keep juggling three and did three ball in the pool. So it was a sprint triathlon Okay. and we juggled in the pool and they let us actually go by ourselves to begin. And then everybody else started after we got out of the pool.
0: How'd you how'd you negotiate the turns?
2: How'd you We would stop we, yeah, g- we, we got would... it down so you can watch where you are on the ceiling of the pool. Mm-hmm. So we knew exactly when we needed to stop juggling before we nailed our heads. And yeah, then we pretty stop much stopped, stopped within an
1: arm length of the the wall and we'd stop and grab the wall and turn around and kick off and juggle again. So it wasn't yeah, we didn't
0: have the turns down. Right. But this wasn't like an Iron Man length. No, no. <laughs> Has anyone ever juggled a, uh, an Iron Man length triathlon?
2: Thought about it, but that that just sounds so consuming. <laughs> Definitely
0: possible, but I don't go know for it if, if you want it. to. Yeah. Dreaming to doing, Bob. Oh, for right.
2: me, <laughs> I'd like to get the five ball swuggling, the five right. ball <laughs> swimming, and juggling down.
0: I got I to gotta save the glory just for someone else. My juggling and bike riding days, I think, are.
2: Really? It sound, yeah, it sounds right up Dan the Machine Holzman's alley. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if it wasn't for my two artificial hips and my artificial knees,
2: uh, I think. Right.
0: I, but hey, I, I really admire it. I mean, just the fact that you even did a, a sprint leg triathlon. You are officially the only juggling triathlon couple.
2: That's true. That's true. <laughs> Our friend uh, Joe Salter from uh, from Florida, he was the first to do the... The triathlon, and he was a huge inspiration for us with the swimming and the juggling.
1: Right. He did use a bike, so he did the two-in-one hand.
0: Oh, right, we right. We decided We've to
1: use unicycles, made but it a little different.
0: He only did two with one hand. On the bike, yeah. Oh, that doesn't seem fair. <laughs>
1: no,
0: I think Wouldn't true. you think that you could ride the bike and have both hands just, like, uh, handle-free?
2: Yeah, that's fun. I don't know. I forget I why he didn't do that.
1: Well, I wouldn't trust myself to be able to go up the hill. Oh,
0: yeah. Doing mm. that. Oh, and down the hills, And yeah. down the
1: hill. I think that if I was on a bike going up and down hills, I'd need one hand on the bike.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I if don't know. you're going on a flat track, you could probably manage it. But if you're a, a bunch of people and neither one of your hands is on the, the handle and you got jostled or something.
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah, you'd be like, i got to save the juggling as you're, <laughs> yeah. as you're biting the pavement. That would be... That'd be bad. Not this girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But, so, but so, how far did you juggle and unicycle?
1: Um, it was a quarter mile swim, like a 16 mile bike or yeah. unicycle, and a 5k run.
0: Yeah, a 16 mile juggling unicycle ride.
2: Yeah, that was yeah. A, that was long i think the actual guinness world record in the book for the longest unicycle (laughs) ride while juggling is 2.3 miles (laughs) (laughs) so we we trained up to 24 25 miles but it's just you know how hard it is to get a record into guinness
0: but you actually almost did a a juggling uh, i mean a a unicycling uh marathon you did 24 miles in the training yeah on the
2: yeah on the unicycle yeah
1: i think i got up to 20. yeah something Uh, like that for training
0: Mm. Okay, well, that, I'm officially impressed because yeah, <laughs> uh, I think my best is maybe 20 miles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was fun too because we got to raise a bunch of money for Special Olympics and we, right. we did some shows, uh, volunteered for some Special Olympics shows that summer and it was uh, fun to kind of deflect some of that attention because you, you're you going to be the weird person if you're juggling a triathlon, but instead of just being weird for sake of being weird right. we could say we were doing it for a cause
0: I like that it's kind of like doing a, like I did a walk around gig last night and it's kind of okay. like you feel totally kooky right oh wait a minute I'm getting paid yeah right if I was just doing it without getting paid I'd be totally kooky right so yeah I mean that's not as nice and altruistic as, as <laughs> <do>. <laughs> no I hear you though yeah but there's there's definitely a benefit to having that as part of the package of like right. well I'm doing this for a reason
2: yeah right
0: now, you guys weren't just satisfied with the United States at a certain point. I love this, too. I saw this on your on your website. You decided to Google how to travel and make money.
1: Pretty much exactly what we Googled.
0: Yep. So you arrived back home. You had done this long road trip.
1: It was actually like in the last month of the road trip. We were still on the road and realized that we were close to the finish, that we didn't have hardly any money, but that we still wanted to keep traveling. And that's when we started Googling stuff. And so by the time we got home we had this idea that we wanted to go abroad at the end of summer and so all of our energy that summer besides doing shows was focused on getting prepared to go abroad. Mm
0: -hmm. And how did you choose on uh, South Korea?
1: (laughs) That was actually the first one that came up. Yeah
2: um, (laughs) it's lucrative to teach in South Korea and it was the furthest thing from our comfort zone. There's a lot of opportunities to go teach in South America and Trish and I both studied Spanish in high school and Trish studied Spanish more in college. So that would have been pretty easy for us to go live in South America for a few years. But once we saw Korea and it was just so far away and so different from our culture, we just uh, couldn't resist the challenge.
1: Right, kind of, On it was a larger on a larger scale of our choice when we left college because we grew up in Wisconsin, went to college in Michigan and I got offers for two jobs right out of college, one in Arizona and one in Alaska. And we decided that Arizona was gonna be the bigger shift and the bigger like change. And we've always kind of enjoyed challenging ourselves and experiencing new things. So I think that a big draw of South Korea was that we had no expectations that it was going to be super crazy and difficult and challenging and mm-hmm. fun to do together.
0: So how long did you guys prepare? What was the the process like leading up to leaving for South Korea?
1: There's a lot of paperwork involved, and that actually happens to be something I really enjoy, is finances and paperwork and organizing. I relished researching and figuring out all the documents we might need and the taxes and everything, and And we did that and then applied to like a recruiter, and they get you into the national system and placed in schools. So we had a couple different interviews and got through. So it basically it's kind of all written down when you start researching it. There's step-by-step processes and the recruiters really help you out.
0: And it probably helps you guys. We're already teachers here in America. Yeah, yeah, it really helps.
1: Very much so. Yeah. They get better positions over there when you have a teaching degree here.
0: Mm-hmm. So when you sign up, do you sign up for like a, a couple of year contract or how does that work?
1: It varies, but in South Korea, it was a year contract and we did stayed on for a second year. And that was teaching English. Now, if we are free to jump ahead, we're heading to Thailand to start teaching in August at an international school. And that's a little different in that it's all in English and we're teaching our subject areas like we would just in the United Hmm. States. So I'll be teaching math and Bible teach PE, and it'll be at a kind of a K to 12 international school in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And we're really excited about that.
0: Cool. Cause you guys have to get set up there just the way you were set up in South Korea. Cause when I was in South Korea, I was able to connect with you guys and have you guys show me around and teach me some of the Korean ways.
2: Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> There's a, a budding juggling community over there.
0: Yeah, there was a pretty good budding juggling community. We all got together that one day and there was probably about 20, 25 right. people. Yeah. And you guys got to do some South Korean TV shows and and spread your your juggling skills. We what did.
1: Was- I don't remember how we got was it YouTube? Then? Yeah,
2: they we we did some traveling within South oh, Korea. Jeju. We would make videos of our travels and often included a lot of juggling and the producers for that the show in Korea it's called Star King. It's kind of a mix of kind of America's Got Talent and Saturday Night Live, I guess, is the best way to
1: do it. It's like a talent
2: show, but there's different celebrities Mm. every time to watch the talent and kind of interact with the talent. So we got to go and perform, I think we did like a 15 minute segment and got to do three different routines and try some trick shots on live TV. And it was it was a real thrill. Very, very bizarre experience.
1: Very much so. Like we were thinking talent show but it was not, it was more like reality, but written for you. So they'd Mm -hmm. have, they're like, we saw your stuff and we're thinking here, we'll show you what we can do. And they're like, no, 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 do this. (laughs) And so they kind of wrote a routine for us and wanted us to do it. So we're like practicing for the show. And then you get there and, and you do it and the show opened and we came out and everybody cheered and we dropped like within five <laughs> seconds.
2: Right. So right. then they
1: just started it over pretending it was still live and everybody cheered again and then we got it right the second time. And
2: Yeah, they really pushed us to try th- some things that we wouldn't have tried. They kept asking like, what's the most difficult? And then we'd tell them and then, then they'd be like, OK, what's more, how can we make it more <laughs> dangerous? <laughs> we did a few things on that show that we'll probably never do again just because no. they're caught on video and... We did them once, but it was it was fun.
1: The biggest one was the me riding and I know people do this and more power to them. It's amazing. But me riding on top of Bob's shoulders on the giraffe unicycle, Man. which was terrifying for me because if you fall, not only am I going to get hurt, but I'm going to crush Bob beneath <laughs> me. So it was it was scary, but they gave us a ladder, we got up and we did a trick shot and we were like we think we can make this within 10. And we made it on the second try, and everybody's going crazy, and they're dropping confetti. And all I'm saying is, like, where's the ladder? Where's the ladder? But nobody's speaking English. And I'm we like, where's our translator? Career. Like, we need our ladder.
0: But let me get this right. Are you, are you standing on Bob's shoulders? No, I'm no. sitting on sitting. Bob's
1: shoulders, juggling a basketball in a couple clubs, and I shoot a basketball over my head, and we make a basket.
0: Oh, I got you. But he's on a giraffe, and you're, you're facing yeah. away from the basket.
1: Yeah. And so, you, I mean mean,
0: trick shot. Right
1: yeah. it's I mean people do crazier stuff than that but for us that was really dangerous and and it was oh. it was scary and then when we couldn't find the translator to like <laughs> tell someone to get the ladder and finally one of the celebrities cuz a lot of them speak English cuz they yeah. do international stuff one of them were like oh get them the ladder and they brought it over and we got down safely, but it was like, right. if
2: you, if you watch that video on YouTube, it looks like Trisha's saying like,
0: yay, yay. But if you watch, <laughs>
2: if you read her lips, she's screaming, letter, letter.
0: <laughs> well, it kept idling was with someone on your shoulders on a giraffe. That's
2: yeah, not Terrifying. easy. No. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, no. Like you say, it's hard to gracefully disengage from that. Probably. I guess you could both fall forward, but.
1: Well, yeah, we do it on the small unicycle a lot and Bob just steps off the front right, or off the back actually. But on the big one, I don't, I don't know.
2: You just got to do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've never done it.
0: You guys make a lot of videos. Do you have a a YouTube channel we can, we can push? We do.
2: Um, I think it's Bob and Trish juggling on YouTube. We have Instagram, Facebook, all those kind of things.
0: All under Bob and Trish juggling?
2: I believe so. Yeah. Bob and Trish juggling. Yeah.
0: How how many videos have you guys made?
2: Oh, I think we're pushing like 150 on YouTube. And then we we probably put up about three or four fresh videos every week on Instagram and Facebook. But those are just like the 15 to 30 second videos.
0: And are you trying like like Josh Horton to to monetize the, the videos at all? I kind of think of it more
2: as a hobby. I'm very interested in business and marketing, and I do a lot of reading on the side for those kind of things. So I, I kind of think of Bob and Trish as kind of a pet, video uh, business project. <laughs> but we
1: are partnered up with a couple of people. Right. To monetize
2: so I mean, we do we do get a little money, not not a lot at all, and it's given us a few opportunities to be in a couple different commercials and things like that. But we don't we don't make a a lot of money from our social media stuff it's more just uh not here, something
0: <laughs> right <laughs> but if i look at your uh, your 2016 goals one of them is secret video project called yeah. out. we are called <laughs> out. have a little that about the secret video project or we uh, we had
2: a few ideas uh we're in the process of making one of those happen right now and we can we can talk about it i've always wanted to collaborate with a with ah. one of those acrobatic trampoline dunk teams. Mm, okay. We've sent some emails out to the Milwaukee Bucks Rim Rockers, which is our uh, local team here in Wisconsin, and they have a really good acro team or uh, trampoline dunk team. We're going to actually meet with them next week and go to various spots in Milwaukee and and film a juggling basketball dunk collaboration
0: video. So that'll be one it's of those be projects. Very exciting. Okay, I got one for you. Okay. Yeah. You're on the giraffe, right? Okay. You're juggling three basketballs. Okay. You're between the trampoline and the net. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The guy jumps over you, right? Grabs mm-hmm. the basketball, front yeah. flip, slam dunk. All right.
1: I think that's very possible. Yeah. I'll yeah, put yeah, that yeah.
0: On the list. I, I can picture that one. Definitely. The Holzman.
2: The <laughs> You got Sounds it. Sounds good.
0: It's all about me again. The Holzman. <laughs> the <Holden. laughs> Well, good. So that's one secret video project. That sounds pretty exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Now, we have another secret thing in the works in that you're one of the juggling acts on this year's America's Got Talent.
2: Yeah, that's true. Been, that's so we can really say fun.
0: that, but we can't say how you guys have done. Is that correct?
1: No, right. We can't no. talk about how it went, but we can say to watch and they may or may not show our audition. We're hoping that they do right. and that we are excited about it so
2: yeah i think we flew back because we spent we just spent five months in thailand and we flew back on march 28th and then april 1st or something we were in la shooting for america's got talent so we were if you do see us on there we're gonna be um pretty heavily jet-lagged and
1: but they did have our audition go on at about ten thirty at night which was perfect for jet-lag yeah, 12 hour difference it was like mid-morning
0: yeah okay it was that was a good experience so you may or may not have won the show, we can't say. Right, we can't, we
2: can't say. That's good. I think I'll put that on our website. If yeah, they it may that. or may not have
0: won, it's but, too um, early to say.
2: We, uh, we got some great advice from one of the stagehands, just a young college kid at America's Got Talent, and um, he pulled us aside before we went out, and he said, on a show like this, 99.9% of what happens is out of your control. That 0.1%, that's all you can, can control and just do as well as you can with that little amount of control you can have. And, and that's that kind of the attitude was, we had. Yeah, and
1: it's, great advice.
2: Yeah, as far as how we feel about what we did, we feel really good about it. So that's that's all we
0: can do. Yeah, I that's the main thing, is if you can walk away from any experience, whether you're hired back or you, you go forward or you win the contest, whatever it is, if you can walk away and say, I feel good about what I did. Mm-hmm. And then you that's a win, right?
1: Right. I think, yeah, if you can say, I feel good about what I did and I have now new experiences and I've learned something new that I can take with me to the future. Yeah. I think that's a victory then. You know,
2: we met some cool performers backstage too. Yeah, we did. I think it was actually this podcast that inspired us to do America's Got Talent this year because the Passing Zone in their episode, they talked about talent shows, and I think their thoughts on it were, why not, you know? I mean, you can get a good exposure.
0: I've never been an Americans Got Talent hater. There's a lot of people out there who are like, oh, this show is awful, and they mistreat the performers, and they don't pay, and, and this and that. But like last night, they had Victor Key on. Yeah. Right. And if, if I, have, I very rarely have seen juggling presented that positively on that big of a scale.
1: It seemed like this year they were going for a better attitude towards jugglers, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was fun to be part of that.
0: Yeah. but I think it's also, when you have a guy like a Victor Key, who has such per- personal charisma, and who's just such a striking, talented character, why would the producers choose to be like, oh, let's make this guy foolish? No, yeah. he's gonna be a hero, right?
2: Right, right, you can't deny that amount of talent and skill.
0: I'd be interested to see how he moves forward, though, because that's a show that sort of thrives on novelty.
2: Right. And in the past, I know they've pushed a lot of jugglers towards danger, and that's not necessarily his forte.
0: Well, he basically has the one act. He has the ball juggling act. Right. So maybe he could maybe add a fire element or something like that. But mm-hmm. I, think, I think an act like The Passing Zone or yourself are, are better positioned in that you have a lot more versatility.
2: Right, right. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say we're better than Victor Key, which we're not even close. But (laughs) yeah, I can see what you're saying for like a family and the way they present stories. But his, yeah, he's incredibly talented.
0: Well, it's like like Paul Ponce last year uh, that, you know, you come out, if you can present juggling in a very positive way, I've never seen it sort of dismissed. Well, I guess when the the very first couple of years, like when they had Ivan on or they had Vladik on. Right. I think they told Vladik, oh, you'll never work in Vegas. And he's like, I'm working in Vegas now. <laughs> I know. That's <laughs> pretty, so,
2: pretty ridiculous.
0: But these last few years, I think any anti America's Got Talent bias is sort of misjudging the nature of, of show business today.
1: Right. Right.
0: As if there's lots of options, even though they just had Alexander Kublakov on a late night show uh, doing his whole act from New York. That was. Uh,
2: I saw that. That was incredible.
0: I don't watch that show, his name is Steve, is that Steve Carell? Is Col-
2: that? Uh, Colbert. Oh, I Steve think. Colbert. Yeah.
0: And once again, to see juggling presented as juggling, here's a three minute sample of juggling, not, not as in the background of a commercial or as part of some skit. Right. It's was cool. really nice to see, because it's been very, very rare lately. Right, right. it's great. But let's get more back to you guys. because so this is your podcast. It's about Bob and Trish Evans. And, <laughs> <laughs> and me, of course, the machine. <laughs> I read the machine. But uh, I think I'm just going go with Dan the Man Holzman. I think that's Ooh, <laughs> I like that, that. I like that one. Yeah. But let's get to these 2016 goals because you're going, you're going back to Thailand. Yep. And you're going back to the teaching. Yep. But you have some other goals. And one goal is to uh, start adventure racing.
2: Yeah, we've got one. Our second adventure race of the summer coming up in a couple weeks. I mean, we yeah, we we don't incorporate the juggling with those, but they're a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, we're yeah, it's fun.
0: But you have quite a few juggling goals. Like if you go yeah, to the you your website and your website address again is it's uh,
1: Bob and Trish dot Because
0: there's a lot of interesting stuff. The way you guys have sort of laid out your journey, you made making notes for the podcast quite easy. And, <laughs> That's uh, good. Some of these goals is the way you've set out your juggling goals could be very interesting for people to see because you have a whole list of both goals for yourself as a individuals and as a duo. Right,
2: right.
1: We do. Yeah, we have a lot of different goals. I'm looking at them right now and we check them off as we get them.
0: What's the practice like? Is it So it's every day. Do you guys well, do it together or how does that work?
1: Yeah, we don't juggle together. Well, we try to do like 15 to 30 minutes together every day. And sometimes that's before and during and after a show, or if we don't have a show, then it's just a small practice. And then we each have our individual practices, which vary from, you know, 20 minutes to two hours or more. I think we have different focuses in our individual one. I do just a little bit of juggling, especially the BBB. I really like that style, but mostly uh, yoga and acro type exercises that I do every day.
2: And I, I usually do an hour in the mornings, which is mostly back juggling right now. So I'm really trying to push the limits of like five ball sight swaps on the back. And I'd like to get up to five rings and possibly five clubs on the back just so that it's easier to incorporate with our acrobatic stuff.
0: So by on the back, you mean lying on your back on the floor? Yeah.
2: Laying down and then kind of juggling overhead. Yeah. Five clubs laying on your back on the floor.
1: That's where Bob is during a lot of our acrobatics.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Trish is just magically <laughs> floating above the, the
0: that's seat. a good challenge though. That would be, that'd be quite hard. You have to really yeah. get your upper bot your core strength and kind of what sort of hunch forward and, and push those things up, up above you. Wow. That would be.
2: Yeah. I know David Kane appreciates that. He does a little four clubs overhead and, um, he's always commenting on our videos about the back juggling. So that's, that's good to see. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's good to see more videos. Uh, do you have a goal for how many videos you're going to put out this year?
2: Not really. We really like to make the travel videos. So whenever we travel anywhere new, especially different countries, we like to make a, kind of a scrapbook video with just the different sites and us doing whatever tricks we're working on at those sites. What did we just put out? We um, we done one recently. Oh, we did the CrossFit juggling was our most oh, yeah. recent one. And that's kind of... Something combining two passions—we're really getting into the CrossFit fitness scene and the juggling. I'll
0: have to check that one out. I haven't seen that one yet. So that's combining CrossFit with juggling.
2: Yeah, you have to check that one out. It's,
1: yeah, it's fun. It—you'll go down. You'll probably get caught into like a couple's fitness rabbit hole.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right, right. The ones on the so, side to recommend it to me or right, yeah.
1: enjoy that.
0: <laughs> I like the CrossFit Games. I've, I've seen a couple of those. The women are always named like Thor's daughter. They're always from Norway. <laughs> yeah, there's some, like, some beasts Helga. out there. Yeah, Helga um, Thor's daughter. You know.
1: Yeah, are the, the CrossFit in Thailand, which is where we got started, is definitely more of a, it's got that laid back, no worries, Thailand feel where there's not a whole lot of emphasis on the competition and it's all more about personal goals and getting fit and having fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds good. Another thing you guys really enjoy is reading. You have quite a book list. Yeah.
1: yeah, we and both it. love to read.
0: Mm-hmm. Now I know you're trying to read. I think Bob, if you're trying to read a, a book a week, fifty-two books yeah. in two thousand sixteen.
2: Yep. Any yep,
0: recommendations? I, uh, give us a couple oh, of titles that you've, that you've. I would.
2: Come uh, I would recommend Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. It's good. It talks about creativity in general, but I'd I'd recommend it for any for any jugglers, and I think you'd you'd enjoy it. I read it. Oh, you've read it. Yeah. Okay, you, you like that one. I, yeah, she she talks a lot about don't put uh, too much pressure on your passion to um to kind of be your your paycheck. And that kind of resonates with the way Trish and I think about our juggling. or just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean that it has to be your your full-time job. You can have a calling that's not also your your
0: paycheck. Right. Well, you guys have certainly are living that that you, the juggling for you guys. Which is great. Because one reason I watch you on the podcast is that I like people with interesting takes on juggling, the way they they've worked into their lives or their approach to it. Yeah. And if every, if everyone was like, oh, another professional juggler who this is their job and where then, then you did this job and that job, but you guys have a very rounded, complete life, and, and juggling certainly plays into that, but it's not the only thing that defines, you know, Bob and Trish Evans
2: certainly not. Right. Yeah. We're pretty intentional about keeping it that way. And yeah, I really like the dreaming to doing back to that again with our juggling. Cause a lot of what we do will start out as like a sketch on a napkin or watching an Instagram video of an acrobatic couple and thinking, is there any way we could add juggling into that? And yeah, I like that process of something that just starts in it as an idea. Sometimes it takes five minutes and it's done. And sometimes it takes three years of Baby stepping towards the making it happen, but we yeah. like that
0: process. Well, I encourage all of my listeners of the Drop Everything podcast dreaming to doing. <laughs>
2: I think we need to write that book. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Available now at Amazon.
0: Well, you have to have a, one of your goals is for two podcasts of your own.
2: Yeah,
0: and also to start a family this year. So I want to wish you the best wishes for. Thank yeah. you. We're, We're trying. Uh, start of a family for for Bob and Trish here.
2: Appreciate that.
0: And I want to thank you so much. This brings us to the end of this podcast. I look forward to visiting you guys when you get everything set up in Thailand.
2: All right. Thanks Thanks a lot, Dan.
0: Hey, thank you guys. Thanks again, Bob and Trish Evans. I hope you enjoyed Drop Everything podcast number 32, my conversation with Bob and Trish Evans. I thought it was great. A lot of good information about their their, their life, their, their jobs, what they want to do in the future. Very inspirational, very inspiring, and a big shout-out and a big thanks to Bob and Trish Evans. Also thanks to my wife, Karen Holzman. She does all the engineering. She does all the real work here in the uh, Holzman Laboratory slash broadcast booth. I talk. She does all the real heavy lifting. Speaking of heavy lifting... It has nothing to do with the IJA, because the IJA, you're lifting light things like juggling props, balls, clubs, and rings. For all your juggling needs, for your community of jugglers, for the the information about the yearly festivals, their products, and so much more, go to juggle.org. And also, if you have a show, let's say your show is good, but you've hit a plateau, you don't know what to do next. Maybe you should reach out to Braindrizzles.com and get some coaching. Yes, coaching from me, Dan Holzman, to make your show better and hopefully your career better as well. All right, enough rambling, enough talking, enough podcasting. Oh, wait for number 33. We got a good one coming up. But until then, drop everything except when you're juggling.